Hello and welcome. This is Reverend Mark Bishop, Interim Pastor here at St. Paul United Church of Christ in Wapakoneta, Ohio, where no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. We say this because we try to live God's extravagant welcome. You are always welcome to be a part of our family at St. Paul UCC here in Wapak. May God bless us abundantly as we worship together. Last week we, I understand, set a high bar for our calling as Christians to be peacemakers and dedicated to reconciliation in the world. And I thought that comment was very astute because it's absolutely true. We have an almost impossibly high bar to meet as, as people of hope, as people who live in trust in a time of mistrust, as a people who believe that, audaciously believe that we know that there is truth to be had in the world when everybody is crying, fake news, fake news. So how is this living in in? trust and living in peace and as reconcilers even possible. Many people settle for living as good people, as, as good as realistically possible, but, but without any real hope that God can and will make peace possible or that reconciliation is really possible. Isaiah speaks to us this morning. Isaiah, who is pretty good at putting God and humanity in perspective. He says that it's, it is the creator of this amazing universe who is working things out among us. Now, we have to remember that, that Isaiah was not a pie-in-the-sky kind of guy. He was speaking to a people that were returning from exile, coming back from 40 years of exile in Babylon. Their temple was in ruins. Their former wealth and influence was gone. And Isaiah asks Israel, how can you be the chosen people of the universe and a demoralized people at the same time? 
Now that's my paraphrase. So he says it. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? What is he talking about here? What is he challenging them with? This notion of the creator of the universe being with us is a powerful claim of our faith. But we go one step further. We say that the God of the universe has brought us to this time and this place and this day and that God literally shares with us the burden of responding to the pain and brokenness of the world. How can we as the church respond with a word of peace in troubled times like these? I'm going to say to you that I believe the first step is, according to Scripture, opening our eyes to who's in charge. And that ain't us. And praising God in every circumstance. Ooh, that's getting a little tougher yet, isn't it? Every circumstance. Isaiah said to Israel, To whom then will you compare me, or who is my equal? Lift up your eyes on high and see. Who created these? He who brings out their host and numbers them, calls them all by name. Because he is great in strength, mighty in power, and not one is missing. That's not just an aside. Not one is missing. It's kind of the Old Testament version of the lost sheep. Each one of us is important to God's plan. Each one of us has our small yes. Individually, we can't do a lot, but together, God knits us together as the church, as a witness to peace and reconciliation in troubled times. God does not grow weary of seeking what is good for everyone, for all of us. And the topper is that God promises to renew our strength. Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength and they shall mount up with wings like eagles and they shall run and not be weary 
They shall walk and not faint. It's a tremendous promise to us. But we live in the real world, don't we? I, I uh, often think of this, this kind of promise from God when I get up in the morning and I can hardly walk. <laughs> and I, my, my brain is fuzzy until about 10.30 in the morning. Somebody asked me, why, why do you get up so early on Sunday morning? And, and I told them, I don't wake up for two or three hours in the morning, so I have to get up early so that I'm at least awake when I'm preaching. You think that would be a good thing? <laughs> and so we find our ways to overcome the realities of this world, the fact that we are not made out of unlimited energy, that we certainly don't have, we do not have patience, much less unlimited patience, that we've got a lot of issues, each of us our own kind of unique problems and challenges, whether they be physical or spiritual or emotional, we are filled with challenges, aren't we? So I want to take you one more step. I want, I want to challenge you to think this morning about what is your particular challenge. Now, I'm not one to personify uh, demons, and so I don't really take this story from the scriptures literally when it says that Jesus healed lots of people with lots of physical illnesses. I take that literally, but the rest talks about that he healed many people of many different kinds of unclean spirits and demons. What is, for a modern person of spiritual depth, a demon? What is that? What is your, what is your definition of how to understand that? Well, I often say the gospel according to Mark Bishop is that I believe that each of us has a variety of demons in us. If you define them as challenges to us that keep us back from being who we should be and who we can be, it's a lot more, you know, I grew up on those cartoons where you know, when somebody was misbehaving, they had the little, on their shoulder, the little devil whispering in their ear, right? It's a lot more serious than that. You know, it's a lot more serious than temptation. This notion that we are challenged by really, really persistent things that slow us down, prevent us from growing spiritually. And so what are some of those things Might it be that you not only are not a patient person, but that at times you're angry and that it's hard to be around you? Or maybe it's that you are afraid and anxious about things and that that pre presents, prevents you from 
really living your life that prevents you from talking about the depth of your faith and sharing that tremendous resource with other people. That's how I define demons. You know, in the self-help world, it's negative self-talk, right? That's, that's the way they talk about it. But I want you to take a moment right now. What is your demon? Is it an impatient and angry response to things? Is it fear and anxiety which prevent you from acting and speaking boldly about the hope of God's future? Perhaps it's an old wound or hurt that we just can't seem to move beyond. These demons nag at us, don't they? They talk to us. They prevent us from using our talents. They frighten us out of experimenting boldly with ways of peace and reconciliation as we interact with friends and acquaintances. And I want to suggest that that the surprising answer, and I believe this is scriptural, I think this is not the gospel according to Mark Bishop, I think that what the scriptures are trying to teach us is that the way to heal these demons is a surprise. That we need to befriend the anger. That we need to deal gently with our anxiety. That we need to allow ourselves to talk about and understand old wounds and hurts. We need to, perhaps this is a part of what Jesus meant when he taught that we need to love our enemies, the enemy within us. We don't usually think of it that way, do we? I believe that we can get curious about our anger, angry reactions, and find out what's behind or underneath or motivating our anger. We can talk to our anxiety and understand what deeper fear it's protecting us from. We can tell the story of hurt to a trusted friend or therapist or pastor and be free of its haunting echoes which keep us back. It's a long way of saying that Jesus comes to us and helps us silence those demons. Notice it says, he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. I believe what that's getting at in a, in a kind of poetic, figurative way is that Jesus doesn't tell these demons to shut up, to go away. And that's often what we do when we, when we feel bad about the way we're behaving. If we're, we've, we've been angry and we know we've overreacted, we say, oh, I should never do that again. But we do. 
instead of befriending that anger and asking ourselves, why did we react that way? What is the deeper part? What's God calling me to understand about myself, about this situation, about how I should respond as a follower of Jesus Christ? And don't miss the basic truth here. It is relationships which allow the healing power of God to flow. That's why the church is so important. It was Jesus' relationship with Simon that led him to be there in the house when Simon's mother-in-law was ill. What a coincidence. Or is it? Is God's, the way that God works with us, almost always through relationships? And what is the first thing that she did when the, her fever broke? It simply says she began to serve them. Now this is not a sexist story of the secondary place of women serving men. That is not a correct way to interpret this. Because the word that's used for serve in Greek is diakonia. Okay? This is the word that in church organization becomes deacon. Deacon. And so this is a story in that it was remembered because it's one of the many stories about how the church began. She was one of the first deacons. And that's a leader. That's not a servant. That's an equal who served other brothers and sisters in the early church. Not only was she healed of her fever, her strength was renewed. And it was renewed because she was wise enough to recognize who it was who had healed her and how it changed what she must do with her life. Isaiah says it this way, Lift up your eyes on high and see. This story says, recognize that Jesus is with you, that Jesus heals you, calls you to be the church, a place of peace, a people of reconciliation, it is a place where we recognize that God is with us. It is a place where we recognize that we serve each other and the world. Those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not fate. Praise be to that God who is so near to us that God renews our spirits in this way. We pray that you have found blessing and enrichment in joining us for worship today, as we are truly blessed to have you worship with us. 
peace and blessings to you, and thank you for joining us today. If you would like to support the ministries of St. Paul United Church of Christ here in Wapakoneta, you can do so in three ways. First, you can mail in your gifts to St. Paul at P.O. Box 147, Wapakoneta, Ohio, 45895. Secondly, you can send your gifts online from our website, stpaulucc.com. Lastly, you can text the amount you would like to give by texting us at 844-971-1800. Come join us again at St. Paul United Church of Christ here in Wapakoneta, where no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here.